Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, Jesus fucking Christ. You called, my son? Oh, oh don't make me laugh tonight. My ribs hurt. What did you do to yourself? Oh, the pursuit of youth. No. You're still getting old. Yeah, every every day. I, 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 yeah, well, like I said, you're, you 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 competing against the clock. We're all competing against the fucking clock, my brother. It's just that some of us are taking it more seriously than others. <laughs> clock runs out at the same time, no matter what you do. Depends how much you want to fight it, I guess. And the stupid thing is, I didn't even do it properly, so I'm going back to have another go tomorrow morning. What? Doing it properly involves drinking scotch first, I imagine. I did have my first whiskey in three weeks yesterday afterwards, so I, I don't th- I don't think not drinking really <laughs> helped in any way, shape, or form. No, but there you go. Just uh, makes you th- yeah. makes you think you're performing better. Well, uh, which podcast was it that was saying that one of the underrated skills of elite athletes is their ability to to find salt in in the smallest situation? I think they were talking about the. The, the Chiefs declaring themselves, you know, no one believes in us. It's like you've it's been like, favoured for every final series ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's ex- Yes. It's amazing. But there's always someone who's willing to, to fucking make you, to, to say the dumb thing now. There's, yeah, there's well, not hard to find the, the bulletin board material. It's the it's the Skip Bayless effect, isn't it? All right? Yeah. You, Skip Bayless essentially exists just to say something st- st- more stupid than anyone else. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is our corner. Get the fuck off it, <laughs> This is the Bulls podcast. I'm Doc. He's Bezo. Uh, it's all-star break. Yay. Yeah. I, I really don't give a fuck, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not particularly arsed with all-star. Uh, neither, neither seem to be too many of the players, probably because all-star is in Utah and not in, like, Vegas or somewhere they'd actually want to go to. Yeah, I wonder whether that would make any – any different? Like Embiid was sort of like, you know, I've been playing hurt for three weeks. I'll, yeah. but maybe I'll rock up. Maybe I'll. <laughs> he didn't seem that phased about, you know, this this glittering weekend of weekends. No, and, then- and Gianna sprained his wrist the, the literally the night before. Didn't didn't stop yeah. Milwaukee from racking up their freaking fourteenth win in a 20- row, whatever it's up to nah. now. Twelve, they've won twelve in a row and fourteen in the last fifteen. So, um. And they're still second in the East. Yeah. Oh, I suppose for that game we do have to point out that, oh. you know, the, the we have to pour a bit out for the for the um the TNT Bulls who finally uh finally lost a game at home for the first time in ten years. Oh, Westbrook's gonna ride in and save them though, so they'll be fine. N- not if <coughs> uh not if Paul George gets his way and to be honest, I think he could he'd be more useful on the Bulls than he would be on um would be on the Clippers. The Clippers need a point guard, but they don't need that point guard. Whereas yep. uh, the Bulls could probably, you know, with you know 
Lonzo out and, and oh, the offense isn't their problem. Um, Chicago, they've, they've lost six straight and their defense, I think they're up, they've got the second worst defense in the fucking league. So Westbrook's not doing much with that. Yeah, uh, but the, the buyout market. Actually, oh, no. Uh, sorry, I've totally misread uh, Kirk Goldsbury's fucking efficiency landscape map. Their defensive efficiency is excellent. Their offense is terrible. terrible. They yeah. do need Russ. Yeah, Russ is definitely not going to help that defensive efficiency. Yes. That's for sure. This, this week, the sequel to Doc Reed's bio, Doc tries to interpret <laughs> fucking XY graphs. <laughs> you'd think you'd be pretty good at that point now. Uh, I retired from fucking data. I'm all about feels and narrative. Well, that's that's good for this podcast because we are definitely not data driven. No, we uh, are putting the anal in analytics. Well, like in the buyout market, I think Reggie Jackson. Nobody ever gets anything from the buyout market. There's a lot of kind of talk about oh these guys, but it's all people who were great in 2012. Uh, and and there's a reason they're on the buyout market. It's because they're washed. Though the Kevin Love one's fascinating, right? Because yeah, couldn't get a start for a team that's playing really, really well. Yeah. They're the number one net team in the last 15 games. I can read the graph this time. And they're like, we'll buy you out as long as you don't go to anywhere that we might have to face in the finals. Seems like they still think he's got some sort of juice. You know, like, obviously, their nightmare would be he goes to Miami, drops six kilos, discovers how to shoot again and wins them, you know, wins Miami a playoff game in a in a 3-6 th- series. Wouldn't that be such a uh, glorious fuck you from Cleveland and Dan Gilbert to Miami if they say they literally say we're we're not worried if you go to a team that we don't consider a threat and then they definitely send him to to Miami just to basically to say Miami. you guys are fucked this year and you're not even a consideration. Yeah, yeah it's um it's so compressed. Everything's so compressed. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely sick of the the MVP conversation with which is just so full of absolutes like. Jokic cannot win it. You, you know, how can you vote for anyone but Giannis? Or how can you vote for it? Like, Tatum's on the best team. It's like- Yeah, the, the three-year fucking penalty thing. And it's like, all these guys are really good. Yeah, that's right. I know that these people are hyper-competitive egomaniacs who want to be the best in the world. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear how, how much disrespect we were expressing to Joel Embiid after he definitely doesn't get it this year. Yeah. It's not like, uh, who, who um was it? The Rockets guy, Hakeem Elijah, one that won it over Jordan that year, and then Jordan came back and just absolutely annihilated them in the finals as a sort of, yeah, that's not that's not a real MVP. Who, who was it that that knocked Jordan out? What when he came back the first time? Like there was a bit of fatigue for it. Was, oh. it, was it him or was it Malone? There was s- someone that oh, someone well, that won it. Carl Malone definitely won it, won an MVP that he shouldn't have because he's a creep and a yeah. pedophile. Another reason I'm not particularly thrilled with that fucking All-Star in Utah is they're platforming Carl Malone. They're making him a fucking judge in the All-Star. As long as they don't put a microphone anywhere near him and ask his opinions on various things. I was going to say, he's the the less problematic of the two. I don't know. Stockton and Malone are both fucking just- you don't Google their views on things, folks. They're, they're, yeah. um, I'd say they're down the rabbit hole, but you know, th- th- these aren't rabbit holes. These are like gopher holes. These are like, you know, some sort of holes, large perhaps. weaponized fucking wombat burrow kind of thing. It's, mm. they're deep and gone. They make Kyrie look like fucking Stephen Hawking. Yeah. They're, they're more, more preppers than, uh, down rabbit, rabbit holes. Yeah, they're they're down a rabbit hole in a bunker with Fox News on and lots and lots of weapons and definitely no vaccines. 
I was just looking at the at the standings. Is there any real where's the where's the push going to come from? Do you think who's going to be the one that that really makes like the Cavs could make a run for the third seed? I guess I can't really see them chasing the Bucks and the Celtics would have to. I suppose they're they're five games back from the Celtics, so the Celtics would really have to have a bad finish for them to yeah to drop past the three seed. It'll require for the the problem is Cleveland are playing about as well as they can, and they're not making ground on anybody because yeah. Philadelphia have, have won. Like Cleveland have won eight and two in their last ten, and they're literally the number one net team in um, in the last fifteen games, and they can't make up anything on the Bucks because they've won <laughs> Bucks have won fourteen in their last fifteen, and yeah. they can't one, seem to make much up on, on Boston, and the, and Philly are winning a shitload of games and improving as well, so. Um, it, they may be they may be stuck in the four five with probably Brooklyn. Um, assuming Brooklyn don't fall any further, but Brooklyn they're a fun I, I little team if you ignore the fact that they've got a guy going through an existential crisis and playing thirteen yeah, minutes thirty so sad, minutes a man. game. Oh, it's brutal. The the only positive thing about that is that the discourse around it isn't really really dumb and fucking toxic and stupid. It is literally a lot of people saying, "I feel sorry for that dude. I'm not going to torch him. I hope he finds his way." Because well, I'm sure there are some people giving it the whole fucking he's stealing money kind of bullshit tropes, but people are being generally fairly understanding about a man whose brain is peeling apart, it would appear, in terms of his ability to do his job. I'm sure he's, he's more than happy off the court. I know you're going to rag on me for mentioning Bill Simmons, but Simmons went through like the, the big bus. <laughs> ben Simmons. The, Re- the remember when Bill, the- Bill Simmons was banging on about how he loved Ben Simmons because he had the same name as his son? Guaranteed. No, no, he, he, he was he was talking about like you know the big busts like um, Darko and and those guys. It, they never really played. They never ever played at a level that that matched their draft status. Right, yeah. like they never even glimpsed that sort of thing. You know, Hashim Thabit never really showed that he was worthy of that pick. But Simmons has. Like, remember that run mm. when Embiid went out when, when the first time they made the finals and. Simmons just went on this wrecking ball crew with him and Reddick and a, you know a whole bunch of shooters and him just running the floor and distributing the ball out to these guys just you know banging it in from three point range and it's like that you know there was serious discourse when Embiid was getting injured all the time as you know which one would you trade which, yeah. which one would you get rid of and it's just so sad to see. It's almost why it's sadder, isn't it? Yeah. Because he he was an all star and he was an all NBA player and. And he can't, and the only reason he can't is because of what between what's between his ears. He was broken by that that uh, passed up dunk. He's just completely broken by it. Broken by the reaction to it. Broken by the internal reaction and the external reaction to it. That one moment has just snapped him as a basketball player. I I, I do have that sliding doors moment of wondering what would have happened to him if he'd gone to the Olympics with the Australian team. If he'd just gone into that completely different environment where. You can't have all your hangers, like especially in Tokyo, where you could not have all the hangers on and all the people whispering in his ear, and you know just let Paddy Mills and and Ingles build him back up a little bit uh, after that, you know after that final series. But instead, you know he went away to work on his jump shot for a for an off season, and and yeah, it's never and really set out for a year. Um, but I mean, it's pretty clear that he was pretty snapped immediately yeah. afterwards. Um, yeah, and he didn't want anybody to make him play basketball. So, 
it's, it's brutal and it sucks, but, um, you know, he's got, he's got lots of money, so he can always go and do something else. He just has to change his name and change his appearance, move somewhere where nobody's ever heard of basketball. But buy have a fantastic life. Buy the Tasmanian Jap junk, Jack Jumpers and play 13 minutes a game for them. You'll be fine. Did you call them the Jap Junkers? <laughs> Jap Jumpers. That Sorry. sounds like a slightly problematic um, demolition derby that held at a speedway with, with crappy old um, 70s Corollas and Dats and Bluebirds. I was more thinking of, you know, one of those power, power punk bands, you know, the Japanese power punk bands. Um, anyway. <laughs> we like guitar Wolf supported by the Jap Junkers. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know why they named a fucking a basketball team after an ant, but um, yeah, because it Tasmania. Uh, they don't have enough they, weird fucking fauna down in Tasmania. Uh, but the, the, the Tasmanian the, the, weird conservative liberal senators. The Grizzles once again are proving that Stephen Adams, for all his you know, oh, he's just a, a glue guy or a you know senior player guy. Is actually really important functionally to the way that team works. You know, most, it's hard to have hard to have fast important. breaks without him pulling down rebounds and and outletting. His um, his passing is so underrated. It's just yeah. they constantly underrate. They being you know American media, they constantly underrate his because he's looked like this big fucking behemoth. Hmm. He threads a ball beautifully. Well, the other thing is. He would probably be seen more in a Ben Wallace light if Russ hadn't stolen four rebounds a game from him for half a decade. <laughs> like, 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 I know everyone jokes about that, but he literally would give those rebounds to Russ, right? Immediately, yeah. him and Russ were separated. His rebounds went up five a game. Mm. And that was a huge chunk of his career where he wasn't getting those stats. Like, I know he wouldn't give a fuck. And I know no. the teams that have had him value what he's got, but- yeah, that, that stuff sort of matters when you look back on a guy's career. Yeah. Um, Memphis and Sacramento are both – the, the, we're expecting Memphis and Sacramento to be the teams that get swamped by the the, the on-rushing Clippers, Suns, and Suns Mavs yeah. and so forth. But uh, Memphis and, Sa- and Sacramento yeah, are kind of – the Mavs going on a – Kind of um, treading water, I suppose. They're roughly 500 in their last, the last 10. Um, the Mavs – I heard a stat that in uh, that the Mavs with with Kawhi Kawhi. I always, whenever I say Kawhi, I mean Kyrie and, and vice versa, folks. And I, I literally had to do a tiny little, little um, edit shared moment last week to sort of say I meant to say Kyrie, not Kawhi. So um, Dallas have, have played basically an hour of basketball with with Kyrie and Luca on the on the floor, and they've scored like a hundred and forty something points per forty eight. And they've conceded 140-something mm. points per 48. So it's going about as well as you'd expect. They're basically taking the um, Portland Trail Blazers approach to score, try and score more points than them because you're going to concede as many points as, as, you, as you fucking score. Well, if you're looking for teams to make a run, a really interesting website to have a look at is Tankathon because they have that got the strength, strength of, of schedule. Strength yeah, of ske- yeah which, which, you know, alters literally every game because – you know, the more wins a team gets, the harder they get in the schedule, I guess. But Philly and the Clippers have the two hardest runs homes. Mm. And then Sacramento and Phoenix are four and six. Guess who's got the 30th strength of schedule? The Dallas Mavericks. A lot of easy games left. Lots of Spurs, lots of Hornets, lots of Bulls, lots of Lakers. Um, yeah, that they, they, they could go on a run. 
okay, so you're right down the bottom. They could go, you know, they could shore up that 10 spot. Uh, I think OKC are definitely in the game. I, I just yep. don't see them dropping out. I Because Portland aren't getting any better. They're fucking horrible. No. They're, they're really just, they're literally horrible. They've got they've got the best offense and the 30th defense. I can't see or, or consider anything that's going to make them much better. And the Jazz are just that little bit weakened by Conley, who immediately has had an effect on the Timberwolves. Yeah. Right? I know they're 5-5 five and five and they lost their last game, but just everything looks a little bit smoother. But, um, lot, but like we said last week, a lot of those teams that have been reformatted by the trade deadline kind of probably need a little bit of time together just to fucking, you know, I mean, obviously they're not going to have a lot of time together over the next week or so, but they're going to need the the period after the All-Star break just to figure out who, you know, who everybody is. I definitely feel like someone in the West in that whoever finishes in the top four is going to lose in the first round. Someone, you know, I could see the Grizzlies, I could see the Kings, I could see the Clippers, I could see all of those teams losing in the first round. Uh, well, the Clippers have a, have a ceiling of a championship and a floor of a first-round exit. And yep. we just don't know because we never see the same Clippers team. We're starting to see a little bit more now with Kawhi and, and Paul George actually playing basketball, but they could very easily bring in Russell West, Westbrook and grenade the whole fucking thing. Yeah. And then they could do the Nets thing and go, okay, Kawhi's got three more years. <laughs> Give us some picks. Let's Let's, you know. Let's do the rebuild. Um, would you? What kind of team would trade for Kawhi? Given that you know that he only plays half the games, it is extremely clear that he is managing a chronic knee injury, a knee issue that is never going to get better. The um, Heat, the Heat, because they they always think they can get more out of someone than than the other people. Yeah, I don't think they would like how much autonomy. Kawhi wants. Would the Timberwolves trade Cat for Kawhi? Timberwolves will try out anything for anybody at this stage. <laughs> Remember they traded five picks for Rudy Gobert? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, would, would you know. They don't have anything to it, trade. Maybe they'll trade Rudy Gobert for. Well, no, no. Like, Cat or Cat's on a, another three years. Cat for Kawhi. Like, you get a, a, a much worse player, but someone who plays more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do think they're going to get off Cat. Would the would would the Grizzles trade no. Bane and a whole bunch of picks for for Kawhi? The Clippers wouldn't accept that. Ah, uh, yeah, probably not. Well, why would you want Memphis picks? They're going to be high forever. For, for, yeah, I mean, that's right. When was the last time Memphis were genuinely bad? When they got Jar in the draft. And and the weird thing is, is I actually feel like the Grizzlies trading picks away is really dumb. Like they've got the infrastructure that hits way more often mm. than anyone else. Why not just draft those players and then, you know, when when a Philly wants DeAnthony Melton and is willing to pay above the board for him, then, you know, you trade him off. Yeah. Well, Memphis don't show any indication of doing anything other than that. They seem to have a lot of faith in their ability to um, draft people and develop them up into people who d- do fake drive-by shootings. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to get a, a SGA situation with Bridges in – in Brooklyn, in two years' time. What, he's going to turn up wearing ridiculous fucking Astro Boy boots? <laughs> no, well, you know, in two years' time, our, our, our Suns fans going to look back and go, damn, really wish we still had that guy. I guess, I guess it depends on how many how many good playoff runs we get out of Durant. I think eventually you have that feeling, but yeah, yeah 
it depends a lot about how much Durant you get. Because you hear a lot of angst, a lot of angst from Clippers fans about SGA now. It's like, damn, well, oh, couldn't yeah. have we done something to something to keep that guy? Like, we traded all the picks as well. What Did we, did we just throw SGA in in the deal? And it's like, no, no, Presti knew. He, like, that was, yeah. that was the key plank of that trade was SGA. Yes. That was that. Yeah, that, that was that was the party we were actually looking for. Which is the which is the same with the Nets. Like the Nets didn't want Aiden; they wanted Bridges. Yeah, you know they they could have shipped Simmons out to the Spurs and and figured it out to get Aiden if they really wanted him. But they wanted Bridges. That was their that was their key plank. And and bloody right to uh, do so. I think there might actually be a competitive advantage being the team that that gives up the. Slightly older star in the trade. I suspect we're going to look back on all these situations, and it's the team that gives up the star that ends up, you know, that ends up succeeding. I'm really fascinated. Like the CBA is just a uh, a really interesting, like social experiment of how you know you push one lever and then that pushes six other levers that you didn't didn't even know existed, and then in four years' time, you well, okay, well, let's push on this lever and see what happens, but. There's definitely going to be something in there like if you sign a max contract, like a, the five-year max, if it's a five-year max, that you can't get traded for the first three years of that deal. Like yeah. the the NBA and teams do not like this. You get traded, you know, superstar gets traded in the first year of their five-year extension. Or the first two in the case of Durant. But what, what that'll yeah. mean is that you'll see a lot more – High leverage players doing what LeBron's always yeah. done, which is to sign twos, two plus twos, one plus ones, like Kawhi. They're already doing that. Guys who are yep. kind of established. I think. Yeah, problem- I, I guess. I guess what you'll get is the guy, the first contract after their rookie contract is not going to do that. Their first max, you know. So you Jar Morant. I don't know. Yeah, SJs, your Donovan Mitchells. I, I, I susp- if you're like, in a shit fucking circumstance, mm. you're already. A star, even if you're not being paid like one, yeah, you just go. I think I think that would have the absolute opposite effect of what they'd want. Is you get a lot more dudes turning down that that what what Windhorse calls the fun max, that first sort of post rookie max. You get a lot yep. more people turning that down because almost nobody does. Yeah, because what it's an extra year and and your wage goes up with the salary cap, like you can get. Yeah. Raises based on the salary cap or something like it continues to go up. Is it thirty percent? Thirty three, I think. Thirty three percent of the salary. Yeah. Cap. But um, yeah, I mean, these these guys are going to better themselves and 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 look for look to be in the places they want to be in with the teams they think are going to win. They're not going to just sit around and be happy to just draw a large salary and do fuck all, well, unless they're Ben Simmons. Chris Ryan was talking about Orlando today, and they were saying, you know. Who does who does Orlando need in two years' time to, uh, you know, just just really weaponize those ball playing forwards that they've got, and the fact that Fultz is LeBron James. Well, Chris Ryan was like, well, in two years' time, Luca could really have the shits right. He could really just be. I'm fucking sick of you guys. I don't imagine anybody having enough of the shits to want to move to Orlando. Well, but like that at that point, right? If he's had six years of not winning and no real hope of him winning something, he he might do it. I don't think that'll happen. I think I mean they're going to have a reasonable. The, the bigger problem is going to be if if they have a really good run, 
they get to the say the conference finals and lose, but do a better job yeah. of it than last year. And then Kawhi, then Kyrie fucks off to the Lakers or somewhere. That would be or, more irritating that, to them. Or they sign him for a four-year max and they get Nets Kyrie next year. That like that that's where you can see Luca walk. You know, just going. Yeah, but not to fucking Orlando. Orlando won't be good again in in our lifetime. Oh, you don't reckon? I reckon they're going to be good in two years. That they got. I mean, define good. They're not. They're not going to be a title contender. We. I don't think we're Con- ever going to see fucking Shaq Penny. Finalist? <laughs> I mean, lots of teams have made the conference finals. The Blazers have made the conference finals. Ben Carroll's fucking Ben Carroll and friends are really good players, and they've. <laughs> They've got all their- They're good. They're good. There's a lot of really, really good players in in the fucking National Basketball Association. They've got two high lottery picks this year. Like, they're going to be pretty loaded. Like, they're they're basically the- They're not better than OKC. Yeah, but no, I reckon- And we're not sitting around saying OKC are going to start winning the West. They're going to be competitive. They're not going to win the West. Okay, project four to three years' time. You don't think OKC is going to be- Pushing for a Western Conference Finals run? That's different from winning the fucking chip, isn't it? Being pushing for a Western Conference yeah, Finals but, run. What does that mean, being in the top four? They're going to be well, good. There's so a lot of people who are yeah. good. A lot of teams are good. But that's the thing. You, you only you only have to be in that in that range and then you get a run of luck and you, all of a sudden you, you're a conference, you know, you're a, a, a finalist. Uh, like I think the harder thing is to get up into that stratosphere where – if the luck falls your way, you do have a chance. Like, there's, there seems to be teams- I mean, if their luck falls their way this year, they'll have a chance. Yeah, that's- the, Who knows? The league is so flat, hey? But that, that doesn't mean you're any good. You know, it still means you're a 500 basketball team. If, if they suddenly become a 60-win- Like, the journey to being a 60-win basketball team from being a, you know, what do we say? They'll be a 40-win basketball team this year. Yeah. Then that's that, that's more plausible than the journey Orlando has from being a twenty-four. What well, they're going to be maybe a thirty-win basketball team. They've got a long, long path ahead of you, and they have no history of either being a place people want to go or having a front office that knows what the fuck they're doing. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I think their front office has done a better job the last couple of years. You know that Vucevic trade was just fucking brilliant. You know, just absolutely selling at the top of the market. Like the dude's never looked as good as what he has in that last season playing for the Magic, and then it's like, oh, here you go, and then and they're going to get another pick out of it this year. Yeah, I don't know. I think Orlando's ceiling for is going to be forever a seven seed. Ah, uh, no, I think they're. I think like I look at them and they're like they're going to be better than the Knicks in a, in a year, a year and a half. I just think mm-hmm. their talent's way better than the Knicks. So there might be a six seed, is what you're saying? Yeah, six, like a six seed next year, and then you know, like the Cavs were a seven eight seed last year and have made the jump. Like, what if they do get that? Yeah, the Cavs have got an institutional history of not being to- fucking terrible, even though their owners are moron. Yeah, I mean, said that so. the Magic owners, you should look them up. They're um, yeah, they're <laughs> a special bunch of fuckwits. Yeah, problematic. They're a problem. But like we say, 
is, is there is there a good owner in the NBA? Well, is there, is there a good billionaire? This is this is the problem that Manchester United are facing because they're yeah. they're a bunch of American assholes are selling up, and and every fucking Fruit Loop and cashed up fuckwit is uh, is lining up to put a bid in. There's the, some some god some fucking Qatari bank lord who claims to be nothing to do with the Qataris who own PSG. Uh, is putting in a bid. Fucking old mate from Ineos who owns everything. Uh, so he wants to put in a bid. Elon Musk reckons he wants to put in a bid. Um, well, Man, Man United run by Elon Musk would be hilarious. He'd just respond to random tweets from f- absolute fuckwits and then demand massive changes to the way the team plays as a result. That they would, like, would there actually be real structural reform? It, but because can the Premier League actually stop the Glazers selling to Musk? I don't think they can, can they? Well, they, well, I, I think Musk would pass a, a fit and proper owners test. I mean, yeah. the Saudis passed the fit and proper owners test. The fucking bone saw cunts did. So, of course, Elon Musk is going to. Yeah, pass that's it. what I mean. Like, by- just because you're a fuckwit doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't make you so, unfit to be an owner of a, of a football team. Yeah, <laughs> that would be funny. Um, I was hope- hopeful that we would have some better cricket results to talk about this week, but. Fucking Indians are a really good side, right? You know, Ashwin and Patel batting at seven and eight is just almost unfair. Those guys are pretty damn good and they're just chipping along nicely. They're going to probably pass us by the end of the day. There's no cricket. What are you talking about? (laughs) BBL finished weeks ago. Uh, I do find- Fucking football season. Move on. What, what, what you've been watching NRL preseason again. Fucking South put 42 on St. George in the charity shield. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the World Club Challenge, and I was like, oh, my God, this podcast has really gone downhill. It's happening right now, folks. And it was absolutely vomiting rain in um, Western Sydney. So much so that I think they had to – there was a A-League game out at Campbelltown, and they, had, they basically had to pull it because there's massive lightning around. And I was pissing down right. at the end of the Sydney FC game as well. This is basically <laughs> we'll get back to weather from last night uh, on Bill's podcast. But it seems like it's <laughs> oh. raining. Sydney's getting a bit of that Auckland right now. Um, yes, always good. Uh, well, I really don't want to talk <laughs> pre-season doc. So shall we come back and talk some jeans? Uh, we might as well do that. <laughs> All right, catch ya. Cheers, man. You do it to yourself. You do. All right, I'm going to go retop my soda water up. I'll be back. Yes. Oh, God.